0: Deputy Premier and Social Affairs Minister. She is with the SLD, Social Democratic Party, accused by the new Conservative government of promoting homosexuality.
1: All citizens, uh, independent of their own way of life, and ...independent of the color of the skin or religion, have to right to protest and to choose their own way.
2: Simultaneously, about a dozen of
0: far-right counter-demonstrators briefly taunted participants with insults... ...but there were no reports of violence that has marred earlier rallies. The countrywide campaign of support for equal rights for sexual minorities has stirred much discussion and controversy... ...both among Polish society and political elites who find homosexuality unacceptable. Meanwhile, the European Commission announced that if Polish government continues to oppose gay rights, Poland risks losing its voting rights in the European Union. I'm Danuta Szafraniec, Free Speech Radio News, Warsaw. You've been
2: listening to Free Speech Radio News. I'm Aura Bogado. Mm.
1: listening. 24 hours a day.
3: It's WCBN
1: FM and What are we doing in here?
4: Dan, get off
1: my butt. There are hangers everywhere, let I feel like I can't breathe.
4: Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man.
1: Closets are for clothes. I'm up. I to Got to show. Closets are for clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence.
4: 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. <laughs> We're here, we're on, closets are for clothes on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio, Free Ann Arbor.
1: The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies.
4: We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. We're actually not Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. In fact, I've been abandoned by all of my co hosts today. This is Christy Cardinal. It's November thirtieth. I can't believe that it's the last day of November. I'm totally kind of freaking out about it. Um but I do have a very special guest co host today. Um Keith Orr from Common Language is here.
2: I, I thought I was gonna like just try and pretend to be Dan for then. Okay. Next hour. <laughs> you can go for
4: it. I mean I I don't know. He's it's pretty hard to imitate. He
2: <laughs> is, in so many ways. In so many ways.
4: <laughs> so many ways. So how are you? You haven't been here in a while. So. No,
2: no, because um, we were, uh, at the last um, time I normally would have been on, we were Creating Change, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about later, I guess. So.
4: Yeah, we are. We are.
2: And uh, so, you know, we've just been busy with all the usual stuff, uh, you know, trying to um, help the folks out at RAP and... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know we uh, uh, hark and all the stuff that's going on. Plus, of course, decorating for the holidays. Yeah, I'm sure you've started already, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Your tree's up.
4: No, nope, tree's getting. We're getting the tree this weekend.
2: Oh, wow! You are yeah. an early one. Yeah, yep. we, we we usually do it um, at home, like oh, the 23rd. <laughs> it's been as late as the twenty fourth. Yeah.
4: Well, if you get a real tree, they're really cheap then. So Th-
2: this is true. Though, though actually, we go one step further. We always used to, and a few years ago, we just um, got something at Frank's or something mm-hmm. that uh, that popped up.
4: Right, right, like an umbrella. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. And I think it was two years ago. Mom was visiting, and we always had. There are a few friends that always join us on um, uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, and so she knew they were coming over, and we were going to have dinner. And at 3 and 4 in the afternoon, she was getting more and more worried because it didn't look like Christmas. <laughs> no trees were up. Uh, no food was started. But in our typical fashion, we came flying in at about 3.30. and It all worked out. And within a couple of hours, it looked like Christmas, smelled like Christmas, and the goose was going. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> Right on. Yeah, we'll be getting our tree this weekend and we actually the last couple of years we cut down our own uh we go to and Where do you go? You know, I can't remember the name of the farm. I know that it is on the west side of town. like um,
2: way west or just near Ann Arbor or
4: near Ann Arbor.
2: Near Ann Arbor. Okay.
4: Yeah, and I really cannot remember the name of the the farm at all, but um we that- always go there and cut out our cut down our own tree. Um and it's quite an adventure. There's a lot of people yes. that go there also that have, you know, the McMansions. So they get these <laughs> like ten foot trees um that take forever for them to shake and wrap and get loaded. And I wonder like what are those people driving to get that tree home? <laughs> how do you how do you get that ten foot tree home? Um yeah, so I'm excited about that. We put up all the other decorations already in our house. Um, in my growing up experience, that, that was always done the weekend after Thanksgiving. That was sort of one of the tasks of that weekend. And, um, and when I was a kid, we had an artificial tree because of allergies in our house. So even the tree would have been up by now. Ah. And it seems a little weird to not have the tree um, now that, uh, you know, in our house. But we will. We will. We have a bi-level house, and my partner is adamant that we have a tree on each level um so I'm I don't really li- I like that I think it's a little too excessive but we'll see who wins the argument her being pregnant kind of lets Trump's her win a, a lot. lot of arguments you exactly. know I just give in okay yeah. That's fine, because she just has say. to say I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> we'll do it then.
2: And um, and that makes for a healthier pregnancy. of it course. Does. having two trees. Having two trees.
4: Yeah. Whatever she says makes a healthy. And you know, and she's a nurse. I have to believe what she says. Um, speaking of her pregnancy, she's having this thing go on currently. Um, she requires, not craves, not desires, not wants. Requires watermelon. And Mm. she doesn't really watermelon. No, she doesn't seem to understand (laughs) that we live in Michigan and it's November, and watermelon is like eight dollars for a sliver of pink watermelon, not even red watermelon.
2: So and watermelon flavored candy doesn't. No, it's got to be the
4: real cold, crunchy, juicy thing. And it's real. I find it actually completely unappealing to eat watermelon this time of year. Um but she's really that and cucumbers are her thing. And cucumbers, so cucumbers, are cucumbers are little, you can do. You can do those. You can right. get those. Um but getting the the watermelon I spent over $8 on some watermelon today. On two and you know I bought it already cut up. Um which I know I paid more for that, but at this time of year it's not really noticeable. How much more that costs?
2: <laughs> As a percentage of the purchase, right. It's a much smaller amount,
4: right, right? Right. So it was two like two pound containers from the from a deli full of watermelon for like almost ten dollars, and, and I and does
2: that make for a healthier pregnancy also? I think so. Yeah. Well, it's okay. the
4: water aspect of it I, is true. important, and it helps with a lot of things. Um, so I think it does make. For, I don't think watermelon specifically. You know, but that's just what she's wanting. Cucumber's much easier to find, but the watermelon is more important to her. And she requires it. Meredith is here. Look at that. <laughs> Hello. Yay. Hello.
0: I, I thought I was not going to be able to be here because of work and then boom.
4: You're here. Yay. I'm glad you're here.
2: How are you? How was your week?
0: Oh, my week was good. I just got back from New York on Saturday. New York was lovely. Mm-hmm. And what
2: brought you to New York?
0: I'm originally from New York, so oh. I went home to visit some friends, or my best friend and her family, so it's my annual Thanksgiving pil- pilgrimage, excuse me. That's hilarious. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I go for a week. It's fun. It's exciting. Cool. I don't think you can hear me, no, but is what Alex is saying.
4: <laughs> oh. Oh, that's why I could hear you. I didn't have my oh. headphones on all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so I went home for... for uh a week, oh little over a week, so right it was great times fun 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 we We made three different kinds of ice cream and four different kinds of no four three different kinds of dessert so cream? Ma- homemade ice cream homemade Like ice in a machine mm-hmm. or by hand Crank. or wow mm-hmm. in the in the late fall even in the, not late even fall. the summer, yep, we made cranberry, cinnamon clove, and then a cranberry sorbet Wow,
2: well, those are all fall flavors they are they, they are fall flavors. Did, all fall flavors. and did everyone do the turkey?
0: We did. We yeah. had wild turkey. Her father had gone wow. you know, hunting. We had wild Jeez. turkey. So, did you notice a taste difference? Um, I did, but really more in the dark meat. I didn't. Well, I did sort of in the in the white meat, but the dark meat, I really, really, really. Yeah. you can taste a difference. It's, I think, it's gamier.
4: Right. I was gonna say. I think dark meat's gamey anyway. So I imagine that it's,
0: it's probably a lot gamier. Yeah, but it, it's you didn't need anything. Like you didn't need gravy or anything on it. It was like very nice and and it wasn't like it was just different i mean there's definitely a difference but yeah okay did you do turkey (laughs) keith
2: yeah we we actually um went to mom's in madison wisconsin right on uh, yep And uh, uh, we actually arrived Thanksgiving Day. Oh, so it was wow. in Did the you midst drive? of the. No, we flew over. Oh, yeah. you we, Well, we found a web fair that was just out of this world. Oh.
0: So yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that that they found web fairs for the day of. Exactly. If you that were the incredible. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so we walked in and had to um, quickly take care of the Thanksgiving di- the the turkey disaster. Oh uh, no! Uh, yeah, which is actually pretty rare. Mom's mom mom knows the turkey generally pretty well but uh,
0: (laughs) she's familiar with
2: (coughs) she is yeah i mean she's done it for 80 years now or something so but uh um it wasn't completely defrosted when it went in Ew. the oven. Oh. And that yes. can be a real...
0: I mean, that can real really throw things off. Exactly. You wouldn't think so, you could, because right. I've cooked other things that weren't completely defrosted. Exactly.
2: And you think, oh, another hour, and it'll be fine. Right. Right. And uh, we arrived, and it's like, oh, no, that's not the case with turkey. <laughs> no. So, so we were... It's a delicate bird. Yeah.
4: It is. <laughs> you wouldn't think so by looking at it. No, you wouldn't. But it is delicate. Yeah, we had a discussion about the defrosting of a turkey, because my partner's brother... um was very interested in deep frying a turkey this year.
2: Yeah.
4: And we were all against it because <laughs> we've all heard the reports of houses burning down. That would and, be my <laughs> biggest fear. Yeah, and all of that stuff. And and somebody just kept saying, well, you just got to defrost it all the way. It's got to be completely unthawed, you know, all of this um, stuff. And I was like, I don't trust him to make sure that that's the case. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, and it
0: has to be like completely dry because... right. Anything can set your right. Anything oil can set off. that.
4: Oh, no way. We're not not. Ha- and plus, you gotta pay like what you gotta buy that def- the that, that deep ter- fryer. Deep. It's mm-hmm. only for um, that.
2: Unless of course you already have a commercial deep fryer. Right. Which right. see, you can do you it. You can <laughs> do it. You
4: can do it. No problem. Well, that's um. <laughs> sorry, I have a dancing microphone. Um, I apologize for that. Um, so do you guys also, well, you don't celebrate Christmas or do you as a secular holiday? Well, I do as
0: a secular holiday. Here's the thing is my partner is Catholic and I love the Christmas decorations. I gotta tell you, that's the thing that for me is missing from Hanukkah <laughs> mm-hmm. is the direct, the decorating of the tree and like the tchotchkes. Right. And so I am all about the holiday decorations. Yes, we, we did discuss but that. My rule is that I cannot purchase any of them. Hmm. Because I don't I don't know why how commerce has worked into my like theological, you know, theory, right. on this whole thing, but I just can't yeah. It'll come back So anything there. I want in terms of Christmas items, has, he has to buy them. Gotcha. You must purchase them. And then I do all the other, like, we'll have, you know, potato pancakes with our Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I have
4: a friend who grew up in New York City, Um, and she her Christmas dinner is latkes and ham. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, but that, And she's not Jewish. Her family's not Jewish, but that's just what is familiar to her. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go anywhere in New York in the, you know, mid to late December, and you can get latkes. So right. she would always have them. With ham for th- Christmas, but well, my question was actually if do you do a turkey at Christmas as well, or do you do a ham, or you know or I, I usually
2: don't do either of those traditional things, but um, I'll do well. Some uh, I have done a goose, the traditional Christmas goose once. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, he said I, it very emphatically. Right. Those are hard, duck is hard. I well, I do duck goose. fairly often, okay. actually, and that's that's often Christmas dinner is, um, is duck, but something fabulous. Yeah. That's well, the important thing to me, a fabulous dinner.
4: Right. That's mm-hmm. important to me. When I was a kid, we always had turkey both times, and I didn't really get it, and I didn't really care for it then. Now I love turkey, and I'm like, yeah, every... Well, All the time. Absolutely, yeah. we'll have it both times <laughs> right. and as much as possible.
2: Can't we invent another turkey holiday <laughs> right. in here somewhere? I need another one. <laughs> I need I'm fascinated thinking. by the ham because I think
0: it. ham is hard to do well. I mean, you can, you know, cook up a slab. Of yeah, ham. my,
4: I've never, I don't know anybody personally who actually cooks a ham. I know people who the buy them already cooked yeah. and heat right. them right. up, but they don't cook it from I've, right.
2: You know, maybe we need a gay holiday that has turkey. I agree. National Coming Out Day. Is we can turkey. start. <laughs> we can start exactly. We can start saying that that's a, a turkey. And then holiday. we can
4: get turkey like three months in a row: October, exactly. November, mm-hmm. and December. Yeah. Right? There that's you go. excellent. I like the way you think. <laughs> um, I don't know if Turkey's quite a right segue into what we're about to talk about, but we'll take <laughs> it anyway. At Not at all. Um, we're actually joined tonight by Michael and Ernie, who are from AR- Hark, um, and they, I sort of say ARC, which makes no sense, but they're um, specifically going to talk about the campaign to end AIDS, but why they're here tonight um, is because tomorrow is World AIDS Day, and it's also a day without art. so we're going to hopefully talk a little bit about that, too. Um, but in case folks uh, are just now... Perhaps hearing about the campaign to end AIDS, um, will you one of you um, tell us a little bit more about it, what it was and what happened?
3: The campaign to end AIDS, We um, there was nine caravans that went across the United States and we all went to D.C. to lobby. We were there from, what was it, November 1st? November 1st. November 1st till the 5th, no, the 8th. And... Uh, we went to the Capitol. Um, we actually went lobbying to the uh, Senate and the House um, trying to get the Ryan White Act reinstated. Okay. Um,
4: and really quickly, what is the Ryan White Act?
3: The Ryan White Act is for... Anyone that is diagnosed with HIV or AIDS that cannot afford um, medical medical treatment, medicine, a doctor, that is what it's there for is okay. to help that them particular people.
4: Okay, gotcha. So sorry to interrupt you. um so they they were there for eight days. What happened in that those eight days? You did talk about visiting the Senate and the and the House. Um, what are some of the specific things that that y'all did while you were there?
3: We we actually marched through um, one of the poorest sections of D.C., mm-hmm. and it was very cool because we had um, people coming out of their houses joining the march. Wow. And they all knew what it was. We had the signs and everything. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we did a lot of um, lobbying in different cities. Um, our particular caravan stopped in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, um,
5: Oh, it was a place in Virginia. I can't remember that place.
3: Oh. Roanoke? No. May- Maynard or Marysville or something. Marysville, maybe, yeah. We actually spent the night in Shepherdtown, West Virginia and
4: i bet that felt safe
3: oh yeah
5: (laughs) (laughs) basically throughout the whole campaign we would end up sleeping in recreational centers or or Mm -hmm. churches that were provided for us that you know the congregation would provide a meal wow handout basically that we went through right right
4: wow that's awesome that they were able to to do that was very
5: receptive of us coming in we were always greeted with open arms
4: oh that's fabulous fabulous um. So I had heard, wasn't there a concert? Was there a concert? No? You no, know, there Maybe wasn't I'm a concert. Maybe I'm thinking of something else Um. that was at a different time. Um, so what was your favorite part, Michael, of the time you were there?
3: I would have to say um, it was my first time visiting D.C. Um, I really enjoyed the sights and everything, but uh, Hillary Clinton actually let us use her office in the Capitol in between going to the Senate and to the House. Mm -hmm. And she provided us with snacks and drinks and stuff, and I just thought that was very cool of her.
4: Yeah, that is very cool. That is very cool. What about you, Ernie? What was your favorite part?
5: I think the uh, favorite part for me was basically the walk it showed mm-hmm. a real good demographic of AIDS affecting all people of all kinds, not just minority groups. I right. mean, this was an impact to end world AIDS, and that's what you saw in the walk: were children, adults, elderly people, middle-aged, young teens. Uh, it was amazing.
0: Wow! Well, what kind of response did you have from senators and representatives when you were there? I mean, I would think
5: they all seemed very favorable. In, in supporting the Ryan White Act, which uh, from what we had heard otherwise through written uh, media that they weren't, but they were definitely very much in support, and we're very proud that we were there.
2: And, and who put together the – who did the coordinating? Was there a national group that put this together? Because I know they came you, – you, the caravans came from all over the country.
5: Well, Chris from uh, our local HIV right. AIDS Resource Center was co-chair. Uh, him and, and another Bob from the other side of the, state, the United States basically put it together so that all of you were want to merge at the same time in one particular place. And it was at the same church that Rosa Davis had her funeral at. Yeah.
0: What sort of, what do you hope, to? like what would you want the people who attended to get out of it? What was the, you know, besides going and talking about Ryan White, were there other things that you were looking for to happen with participants
5: I think a vast um, knowledge of the disease that people have sort of pushed it out of our minds since the '80s, that sort of thing, and what is happening now worldwide with the African countries that are going through it, the the Chinese, uh, all of them, are, it's a great impact that we not just for the United States but worldwide mm-hmm. how this has affected people.
2: I heard the other day, what is it? Six million South Africans. Yes, are, are affected. Just, just amazing.
4: Yeah, that's that's. I mean, the population of that country can't be much larger than that, right? It's right. It's very. Um. So, what, what are some of the lessons learned from having done this? What, how does this fuel the work that needs to happen now?
3: We need to stop the stigma. <coughs> about uh, HIV and AIDS, where people think that you can get it from using the same utensils, sitting in the same chair, a handshake. All them stigmas are starting to come back full force, and it needs to be stopped, because you're not going to get it from that. I think that if everyone was to actually get educated about it, we would actually be able to put a quicker end to it.
4: That's an excellent point. That's a very good point. So I want to actually, because tomorrow is World AIDS Day, um, talk a little bit about AIDS and HIV in particular, um, which of course is related to the campaign. But um, I think that we may have some folks that are surprisingly maybe just hearing about AIDS and HIV. Um, And so what is it? I think that that we kind of sometimes talk about it in a in a way that everybody knows what it is and everybody knows what, how to get it and and everything and and I don't necessarily think that that's true. Um, so, in your words or in your view, what what is HIV? What is AIDS? What what are they?
5: Do you want to take that one, Michael? Go ahead. I think HIV is basically a, a virus that is spread through body fluids. Uh, in my opinion, and it can be undetected for several years, and by several years, I mean anywhere from 10 to 15, if not longer. Um, it's by not using good cleanliness, um, sexual habits preferably, as the, where body fluids are, are transmitted. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Michael?
3: A lot of um, it is being spread now through the gay community with the, the use of meth becoming larger mm-hmm. again. And there's too many of our gay brothers and sisters dying of it. It needs to be stopped. People need to be educated. That's, that's the one thing that no one can preach enough is it mm-hmm. needs to be educated out there.
2: Right it, it is amazing that um this many years <laughs> later um that that we still have to be talking about safe sex exactly and, and exactly. yet mm-hmm. and yet um and yet it's really true that there are a lot of people out there for a variety of reasons um, and you know we saw this in the um early nineties as well that there was a whole generation of young kids who um who were engaging in unprotected sex because their view was AIDS was an old gay men's disease, mm-hmm, right? Because that was what the, that was who they saw dying of it, right? And um, and and now I think <coughs> there's a similar um, thing going on both between both because every generation has to go through that again, but also um, you know we're lucky enough in. America that most people can afford um mm-hmm. the cocktail dra- um cocktails um or that there are um uh, insurance for it unlike in Africa right. and and this is meaning that a lot of people are living longer um and so people are thinking of it as as a disease that's somehow manageable right it's and a
4: chronic thing like i don't know hepatitis is a good example like some hepatitis is something that you can have but you can manage
0: and have it for and live a long time Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's so fascinating to me because i grew up i mean i was turning 10 and 11 and 12 when people started talking about Mm -hmm. hiv and AIDS and what it is and you know i remember when rock hudson came out and said he was dying and i remember my mom just being like what you know Right. People were just so taken aback. And to hear that there are still people who don't or there are youth who don't know what's going on. It says a lot about mm-hmm. our educational system and it not really providing the information that kids need to be well informed. Right, and, and it's not so much the stigma. I, I think that and I could be wrong, but it seems as though the stigma of someone living with HIV is very different from what it was in the 80s and the 90s. But you're still having. But because of that, you're you're having kids thinking oh it's okay you can live and it's not right. it's not the death sentence that was. it sort of appeared to be in the 80s and 90s um, and you're not you know you don't see you know the made for TV movies anymore about people no. who didn't know they were HIV positive or didn't know what it meant and ha- I mean well, you don't see those things anymore it's sort of been put to the back burner and people aren't right. it's not in your face in the way that it was and, when and I was and growing
2: it, up isn't it, go ahead I was going to say, and Michael, you mentioned earlier about education. I think that 's one of the other things is that, as budgets are being cut, um, you know the the first place that they take it out um, in this political climate is that of education mm-hmm. because they don 't want to be promoting homosexual behavior or um, promoting um, um, uh, intravenous Um, drug use as though Um, if you
0: talk about it it will happen right right (laughs) and
2: really the point of the education is to prevent spread of disease Mm -hmm. and and yet in today's political climate that's not the message that um, they're talking about they're saying that oh if we fund this aids education program we are promoting you know fill in the blank homosexuality drug use Whatever. Right. And
0: not wanting to have to deal with all those issues of talking about sex. I mean, you have to talk about sex in order to talk about right. prevention in this case.
5: One thing that I would just like to add, you were mentioning about education. It's amazing that every hour, uh, basically two teenagers are diagnosed with HIV or AIDS. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of our youth that is being diagnosed. Yet, a lot of the schools in the area refuse to have someone come in and speak about AIDS. Mm-hmm. And this would actually be a free... You know, uh, They're open, scared of uh, that. Opening the, the door. opening the
0: door. backlash
5: to it, right? Again and what else, what can we do you know we keep docking and no one wants to seem to open
2: mm-hmm. if, if there are um if there is someone listening and and they think they can get their school to bring someone in right what should, what should they do call hark
5: call hark or call the radio station and get a hold of one of us and we will direct them to the proper speaker
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay and and i believe hark's phone number let's see if i'm going to remember it mm-hmm. 734 Five three five five. I believe that's correct. I believe so. That's that's what I think it is as well. <laughs> We're all remembering. And yeah, you know, I don't, and, and I don't and know, but the fact that most of you think <laughs> it's the right number is going to make me say yes. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Either that, or you're
0: all calling some random person. And here. tomorrow
4: being World AIDS Day, there's free testing. Is that correct? Yeah, is that yeah. still the case? Yes. Um, the free testing I- at Hark. Um, and it's a really, it's a much easier test than it used to be, mm-hmm. right? It's just a cotton swab in the mouth. Right. It's much easier. There's no blood. There's, you know, nothing like that. Um.
0: So definitely. And of course it's, it's scary to do it. I mean, it's scary. Right. But, but knowing is so much better than not knowing. And Exactly. And you should take the opportunity to to go out and do it and do it for yourself and do it for the person you love. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's. It is so much easier.
5: Basically, it's a Mm -hmm. self-responsibility.
1: Right. It would be
3: easier if a lot of people would get um, educators into the schools because right now, the rise on um, sex parties between middle school age children is on the rise. And Mm -hmm. they're having
0: higher risk. Exactly. Right. Because they're being told intercourse that would create a baby is wrong, and so you can do other things.
3: Right. Well, in (laughs) Texas, they have the abstinence um, agreement right now going on. Their sexual diseases have risen through um, Mm -hmm. anal and oral. Right. Because that's what they're doing now. So, you know, the abstinence thing is not working, Mm -mm. so you need to educate.
4: Yeah, there may be just a little bit less teen pregnancy. At least we can kind of see that. Um, to some extent, as far as we can tell, but that doesn't mean that other things aren't, aren't increasing happening. and aren't aren't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, some folks might get into this mindset. Well, intercourse is the only sex that happens. Right. It's because not that's not the only <laughs> kind of sex they
0: have. And that's what, that's <laughs> you, what know? you think. And right. That's what that's what the youth are saying. Oh, I'm I'm absent. And I've taken a virginity pledge. But if you look at those kids, they're having other they're having anal sex They're having oral right. sex. They don't consider that. Right. intercourse and they're and not using any protection. Right. And then the thing is is a year later 70% of them are having intercourse, you know, anyway. anyway. Right. And so conventional intercourse conventional intercourse sorry yeah. <laughs> The regular kind. The regular
2: the. We hope it's never the really convention. <laughs> yeah. Really.
4: <laughs> it's not for me. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, so you mentioned a little bit about body fluids being a transmission source, um, but I really want to um, get back to the basics. What are the ways that it's transmitted? You know, you said body fluids. Okay, so spit is a body fluid. Does that, you know? Um, Oh, Dan called to correct us. <laughs> the HARC phone number is 572-9355.
2: Okay, I get the last four right. Yeah. Fa- so 734 9355 Right. Okay. We're
0: sorry to whoever lives at the other number we gave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're going to get a lot of people calling you tomorrow looking for free AIDS testing. But yay Dan for...
4: Right, yay Dan in his in his, his acute illness. bronchial <laughs> right. asthma attack calling us. Um... And you can also check out their website at r2hark.org. I do know that, and Dan, yes. don't you dare correct me on it, because I know I'm right. <laughs> um, so, what? We'll, 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 again, let's get back to what are the transmission methods, the body fluids that can transmit HIV from person to person?
3: Semen. Um, they say that urine is very small, but it can be transmitted. Uh, breast milk.
5: Blood. Use blood. Use of needles, blood blood use of needles unclean needles
3: there there's five main ones and i can't think of the other one okay
4: so we have blood semen br- vaginal secretions vaginal yes. secretions dust. yeah it's okay, okay that you didn't remember that one. <laughs> that one's
0: a little I mean it
2: cannot be,
3: it cannot be transmitted through tears so right. you know
5: right tears or sweat
3: exactly yeah. that's another misgiven another stigma
4: Right and and spit not so much either. It's right. like very minute, but not. You'd have to have a lot of spit. You'd have to have drink. you'd have to drink gallons and <laughs> gallons of someone's. spit, And if spit, you're right? doing that, you got you, you got you a lot of other problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> you got some other things you might want to have addressed. Yeah,
5: basically any sores also that are open in the mouth, right. or in mm-hmm. the uh, uterus or the rectum, that sort of right. thing. Right, any we'll open do, uh, any wounds.
4: Right. Um. That's. Of course, very good information to know that those five fluids are the primary methods of transmission because, you know, you mentioned the myths. I think there are a lot of even misconceptions, even now, you know, 30, almost 30 years later, that that there are ways, um, you know, you said tears and sweat, but I remember being a kid being in, in high school and Worrying if you know somebody who had AIDS drank in the fountain before you, if that would be an issue, or following or them in the, the bathroom. bathroom. Exactly, yeah, right. That was a big one, right? I mean, right. That people right. worried about.
2: And and that is another important um, point is that it does not live long outside of the body. Right. Absolutely. The virus, it's, Absolutely. It's a virus. Absolutely. Uh, it cannot live outside the body. Right. So. For uh, other than ever so briefly.
4: <laughs> right. So one of the um. One of the buzzwords, I guess, around this work is, or buzz terms, because it's not just one word, is harm reduction. What are the basic, and you can also help answer this question, probably (laughs) Meredith, right? (laughs) Probably. Um, What What does harm reduction mean
0: versus prevention or stopping it altogether? I I mean, I think that the difference being, you acknowledge with harm reduction, you acknowledge that people are gonna, there are certain behaviors that people are going to. Have and that it's not so much as saying as saying you have to stop doing this completely, but how do we make it safer? How do you okay. make better? What are things you can do to protect yourself a little bit more? Whereas prevention is you know absolute, you should not do X, Y, or Z, and it's just not a reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, to say so- to someone who's an inter- intravenous drug user, stop taking heroin, for example. That's not that's not <laughs> realistic. If it was that easy we wouldn't have a problem um right so it's really about saying okay we understand that you're going to be doing this but what about not sharing your needles or here's how you clean your needles that's why we Mm -hmm. we did have needle exchange um so it's all it's that sort of understanding that we're not by just saying absolutely no like telling someone you should just abstain from having sex well that's not. That's not an that's option. It's just not realistic right. for most people. Right. Um, right. Right.
2: And, so. and in a sense, even condom usage is harm right. reduction, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because um, uh, you know condoms can break. It's right. not a foolproof thing. It's just a um, uh, 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 um, great. If you reduction. can't
0: do, if right. you can't be abstinent. Here's the next step. And and it's like gradations of what you can do to keep yourself safe.
4: Right. Um, It's sort of like, you know, you have to go out to walk to the bus stop in the rain. You should probably
0: take an umbrella. Right. You know, like that's sort of just that, you know, and if you wanted to go a step above that, you should wear galoshes. I mean, and it's all right. You can go all the
4: way up to, you know, your full L.L. (laughs) Bean PVC rain suit, <laughs> if you want.
2: Boy in a bubble. Yeah, right. the boy in a
4: bubble. let <laughs> <laughs> do that. Um, well, they, these are really uh, important things to talk about. You mentioned earlier, Michael, about the upswing in meth use in the gay male community. Um, and I think that it's important to talk about that as well as maybe some of the other new fears around AIDS. You know, the the legitimate ways that... it is being transmitted, that maybe are sort of not the traditional ways we think of. You know, the meth use on the uprise makes people do things they wouldn't normally do, and that's sort of contributing to that uprise. But I was just watching um, the fabulous reality show Transgeneration. I just watched that beginning to end last weekend. (laughs) Um, And one of the ways that they were talking about transmission was... um, transgender folks who are getting their hormones illegally and injecting they're sharing needles and so this is a group of people that really they're not falling under the traditional group of folks that we would do even talk about of being at risk you know they're doing something they're not taking heroin they're not having unprotected sex they're doing something that you know in some ways we support right we want you to to you know, change your body or change your whatever to feel more like who you are. Um, Are there any other things like that that are happening um, that we should be aware of as sort of the new crowds or the new groups of folks?
3: The main thing is just the the use of drugs and um, not making sensible thoughts while on the drugs Mm -hmm. about protection and protecting yourself and your partners, you know, having multiple uh, partners while you're on the drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, again, it all comes back to education. Right. You know, so it it just keeps coming back to that one point. If people got educated more and actually took more time to think about what they were doing, Mm -hmm. what they wanted in life and whatever maybe they wouldn't make the, the mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, oh, sorry. Go I was ahead.
2: just going to say, and that's a, that's an important point, is that we, we talk about crystal meth use and the rise of HIV, but we didn't really put the two t- together. It's not mm-hmm. you know, taking the crystal meth in and of itself that does it, but the, the fact right. that while you're on crystal meth, um, it, it um, um, so, um, creates a, a behavior pattern right. where people want to have immediate sex and and they they want want immediate gratification Mm -hmm. and and so at that point you don't stop and consider oh you know let's do this to make uh to do engage in harm reduction right um and and so it uh, there's a lot of unprotected sex happening um while people are in crystal meth right and
4: do any of you know the rate of meth use in washington county I don't think it's very high, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. Um, my understanding is that meth is actually, and we are in an area actually where that's pro- it's probably highly likely that it will become, you know, part of the drug culture is that it's very common in rural areas, more it's, rural areas. It's
3: very common. Um, right now, the main um, state that has the most counts of it is in Missouri. Right. And it's all out where there's nothing for the, the teenagers or the young adults to do. Mm-hmm. So they're getting and making it and doing it. Right, because you
4: can make it in your basement with stuff you can buy at the store. Exactly. Right. right.
3: Which which is stupid because you get these documentaries on it, and they basically give you step-by-step mm-hmm. recipe for it. Why <laughs> right. are you doing this on national television?
4: Right. They need to do it like MacGyver, right? They would exactly. always tell you how to build the bomb, but they'd leave one ingredient out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that you couldn't actually do it. Um, well, this does uh, bring us to the point that tomorrow is World AIDS Day and also a day without art. Um, I want to briefly mention what a day without art is, um, but I don't pr- purport to be an expert. So if anybody knows more <laughs> about it, by all means, um, you can check out and get more information about it at thebody.com. And what it is is it's to, it was started, I think, many years ago, like 18 or 19 years ago. It's been a while. Um, and it's when museums cover art. Public art is covered. It's sort of a mourning process, and also to make us realize um, what life would be like if this art hadn't been created and a lot of and it's to commemorate the number of artists who've um, succumbed to HIV and AIDS and what a loss our lives would have if they weren't here. Um, the University of Michigan, both the the Uma and the I love how they're trying to be trendy in New York with their abbreviation, but the Uma. University of Michigan Museum of Art. I was like,
0: what is the UMA? <laughs>
2: and, uh, I was going to say you're not talking about UMA Thurman here. No,
4: no, 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 no. They have a big sign now that says UMA on yeah. it. Um, and also all the public art in in and around the university will be covered tomorrow. So um, it, you can, again, check that out and get more information at thebody.com. You can also find out more about World AIDS Day at worldaidsday.org, world as well as... Um, Okay, this is a, you can go to the UN website and there's a link there. So it's un.org, I believe. Um, are there any other websites that folks want to, of course, hark, r2hark.org. We did mention that. But any other things that we want to, that people can get more information about that you guys know about?
3: There's the um, campaign campaign to end AIDS. It's c2ea.org.
4: Okay, that's good to know. c 2 E A. E. A. Alright. That's a good one to know. Well, Michael and Ernie, thank you very much for thank joining you. us. Thank you for um, having us. It was our pleasure. You guys are welcome to come back anytime. We're gonna actually switch gears and talk about creating change. You're welcome to stay if you want. Um or you can scoot out. It's up to you. I mean, you don't presume to think that staying in this station would be that scintillating to anybody who's not being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you were going to say something?
2: Here in the lap of luxury in the WCW studios? That's true. Studios? It
4: is nice here.
2: They, they could just head over to the hot tub and listen in that's the hot tub <laughs> room. That's right. There are
4: speakers in the hot tub room. <laughs> Careful not to splash, though. It's a little dangerous. <laughs> <All
2: right.
4: laughs> it's a little dangerous.
5: Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. Thanks,
4: well, um, as you mentioned earlier, Keith, um, your regular monthly visit was delayed because of the Creating Change Conference. Um, What is the Creating Change Conference?
2: Well, uh, Creating Change is put on by the the NGLTF, National Gay and Lesbian Task Force. Um, And they started, this was the 18th one, so um, nearly 20 years now they've been doing it. Um, And... Uh, And the idea of the conference was that there were were a lot of people out there who were um, trying to make change happen in one sense or another and and in many different ways, whether it's um, politically or through their community centers um, or through organizations like HARC, but within the the, – Gay, lesbian, and of course, um, even though NGLTF hasn't changed their initials, they um, uh, are very much about um, the entire queer community, um, and uh, so they wanted to try and um, help these people um, create change in their own communities. And so they they started this conference, and um, it's it's an amazing experience. This was our first time going. Um, Kathleen Russell is. Um, on the board of um NGLTF and she's been after us for a year or two to to come to it and and um we we succumbed to her uh, uh charms this year and made the trip out to Oakland, California where the uh conference was being held this I'm year. I'm
4: sure that had no re- no sway in convincing you to go is where it was. You held. mean right? the fact that it was forty five <laughs> minutes away from Napa Valley
2: and and a bridge away from San Francisco? Right. Napa. Yeah, no yeah, nothing that's at not all. Why. Well you know The amazing thing was, while we did make one afternoon and evening trip to Napa and San Francisco, they keep you so busy, and Mm -hmm. there's so much going on, um, that really, even our our one attempt to go to Oakland gay bars was sort of unsuccessful, and we realized, you know, the hotel bar is the gayest bar in town right now. Yeah. But it it was, it's, it is an amazing experience. They have, um, it has become so big now. There were 2,500 participants this year. And, uh, They bring in um, folks to do workshops on a wide variety of stuff Um, because Martin and I do lots of fundraising. We went to a lot of the fundraising workshops, but a few other things as well. And I think that's one of the important things really at any conference is you should always challenge yourself, Mm -hmm. not just go to the things that are, you know, oh, my one interest is this. So that's the only thing I'm going to go to. Um, So uh, um, uh, one of the ones I went to was um, something put on by. Uh the Woodhull Foundation. There we go. This is the the group that um uh, is promoting um uh free sex. Not free as in unpaid for, but um <laughs> Isn't it always free? Uh, uh, but uh, as in um you know, sexual freedom, that's the word I'm right. looking for. And uh an amazing group of people involved with Woodhull. Um uh our own Jeffrey Montgomery's on mm-hmm. the board. Um and uh, uh the name of this workshop was um, it's All About Sex, The Right Wings Obsession With Our Sex Lives. Really um, and
0: truly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a great title. <laughs> right. it, it
2: was. it was, And it was a very good workshop as well. Um, and uh, so, um, let's see, I lost my train of thought there, um, talking about the conference the and workshops. where it came to. Yeah. And so they had some, uh, one of the great things they started doing recently um, was uh, started pre-conference institutes because a lot of these workshops are um just like know, tip
0: of the iceberg right
2: 101 stuff mm-hmm. and and that's fine to go and get some of that 101 stuff and even if you know it it reinforces it or lets you look at it in a little bit different way or something along those lines it excites you yeah it's exactly i mean uh, you, you people come back from these things energized um, But uh, uh, the pre-institute workshops, they were doing things like uh, had something on community centers. And so it was a day-long workshop, a morning and an afternoon. And in the morning workshop, it was at the conference center and, you know, Mm -hmm. presentations there. I wasn't at this one, but this was an example of what they did. And then in the afternoon, they went over to the San Francisco's um, uh, Harvey Milk Milk Community Center. Which is an
0: incredible community center. I mean, the work that they do there is... It's, it's the class is the everything.
2: Right, exactly, and so they, you know, actually went out in the field, as it were, <laughs> and um, spent some time there. And and it, the people I talked to that had been involved in it were just, you know, incredibly excited about it. The other great things are, are the plenary sessions, mm-hmm. um, and plen- uh, plenary sessions. For those who who aren't um, familiar with the terminology, are um, those sessions that everyone's involved in, and. Oh, I was going to I thought I brought along my creating change book twenty five hundred queers all in a room yeah. well, you can
4: check this out. Okay, I would okay. been
2: right but um you know things like uh, Matt Foreman did one of them um, who is the uh e d executive director of NGLTF. Uh, I heard him once before here in Detroit and just an incredibly energetic fellow um, uh there was a great one that was um Put on jointly, um, Urvashi, Vaid, and, um, uh uh-oh, John? Help me out here. Scroll down.
4: (laughs) Well, this is just the the first day of it, so it may not be listed. uh, Okay.
2: Um, Why is it not coming to me? He wrote, uh, he's in Chicago. He's a former ED um, of NGLTF as well. Um, There they are. Help me out.
0: And Giano John Demilio. John Demilio,
2: right there we go. Um, who and and what they did was they they just went side by side and sort of did answered the same questions um, and. They're um, they've worked together before. Um, They uh, know each other well, you know, sometimes slightly different slants on things. um, But it made for just an incredibly fascinating thing And in ways, um, some very thought provoking things. One of the things John D'Amelio said was, one of the things we have to look at is how a lot of our movement has been hijacked by the gay marriage movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. And and, you know, it's true. You know, one of the things that appalls me about the 2004 election was we didn't choose that. And I have nothing against the gay marriage movement, but it was chosen for us, as it were, by the right wing, Mm -hmm. who knew that it was a good divisive issue. And you know, up until that point, um, you know Evan Wilson was out there doing his good work, and you know, good for him. But you know, hey, there's still you know youth violence, and right. there's um, there's issues that we can fi- start right people can be with. fired right. for being gay, mm-hmm. and um, you know, all of these issues were were are, are sort of being um, uh, jumped in order to talk about the the gay marriage issue, and yeah. and. And it's so tempting in gay marriage also to talk about it as sort of some sort of straight substitute. You know, mm-hmm. oh, we're just like you folks, right? And mm-hmm. you know we aren't. This is really about our sexual freedom, and and uh, and and the right wing trying to tell us um, how to organize our sex lives, um, and sure. that that's and, and that. Uh, um, and, and we're really not going to get anywhere if we leave people behind. That was another big thing a lot of the plenary um, folks uh, were talking about was the importance of nobody gets left behind. And it's always so tempting to, you know, do these little compromises. And sometimes in the political process that does happen. Um, sure. But in the activist process, it should never happen. Um Mm-hmm. And so, that's
4: a very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, I really agree with you about the, the gay marriage thing. I also think that not only was it an agenda set for us by someone else, but that when it was embraced by us, there was a lot of leaving behind because marriage is sort of a white middle class ideal. And it's a it's a ideal around um, when you I don't know. It's it's an achievement. It's an accomplishment, and it's not. You know, if I don't have food to eat, and I don't have a job, and I don't have these things, like I'm not so concerned about that sort of thing. Like that's not my issue. Right. Um. And it's, but it it's something that was divisive, and also something that people could really rally behind some people who are, you know, somewhat self-actualized. Okay, I have a job at a company that has an inclusive non-discrimination policy. I live in a town that doesn't discriminate against me. What can't I do still? Well, I can't join the military and be out and I can't get married. So these are the things that I'm going to fight for. And it does leave those people behind who aren't living in that town, who aren't working at that company. Um, It leaves those folks behind and kind of minimizes their struggle
2: i right. think and and in fact you know one of the things people bring up over and over again about the marriage issue is the what is it 2300 things that um you know benefits that come along with marriage which is of course a good reason good argument for um um doing this but as you say what are a lot of those benefits things like tax benefits and you know mm-hmm. hey, if you're not at the poverty line um that tax benefit isn't going to do you much good right um so uh, yeah I, and so it was it was very challenging in a lot of those um respects as well um one of the other great things about it of course is is just the networking mm-hmm. you know that you meet people from across the country who are doing similar things to what you are and you get to bounce ideas off of them um and uh, that that happened all the time it was just a wonderful experience uh, met folks from uh, the Harvey Milk school in New York um met uh, um, met Urvashi, which is wonderful because she's now, um, well, she's not really a Michigander because she has her office set up in, right. uh, in New York, but, uh, she visits here often because she's now the ED of the, the Arcus, Arcus Foundation. Foundation. right. And in fact, the Arcus Foundation brought their entire staff. Oh, that's excellent. Which was wow. just incredible. Um, Triangle brought, um, most of their staff. I think that, I think, um... Uh, they left behind one person to answer the phones um, <laughs> well a, i wouldn't have hate an, to be that right, person <laughs> and and maybe an intern or two. Uh, I think the interns actually paid their own way out there but um, uh, um there there were interns there, um, about half the board of triangle was there, and that I mean that was that 's tremendous to see it that sure type is. of involvement from a board Because um, I think that 's one of the other things that um uh, we certainly went to conferences about which or, or workshops about was how to get and engage a board because mm-hmm. that's, I think that's one of the problems a lot of our organizations have. Um, you know, there's sure. the people struggling there at the, in the office or at the volunteer level and mm-hmm. we doing everything they can, but you know, the boards have got to get engaged as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being at, um, uh, Oh, in fact, it was the first day, um, And uh, Henry Messer was in the uh, um, pre-institute we were at as well. And someone came up, and they're talking, and someone asks, so what does Triangle do? And and, um, Henry was just immediately like, well, Triangle has four program areas. (laughs) (laughs) And he was able to list them off right then and there, and I just thought, oh, Jeff Montgomery somewhere is smiling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Henry was one of the founders as well. But, you know, they their board can all do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 can give the two-minute synopsis of what is my organization, what's it about. And, you know, every board member of every organization ought to be able to do that about their organization. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking how many don't. Yep.
4: Absolutely.
2: We had one very fun experience in, um, it was a little fundraising workshop workshop. Uh, uh, I, it was called the Act of Enc- Accidental Fundraiser. And it was about the people who, you know, you're in a small organization, you're a volunteer, and you didn't think you were being a fundraiser, but suddenly somebody's got to do it, and you do. Mm-hmm. And in lots of organizations, that's how it works. And it was a very um, interesting workshop. And afterwards, I went up to the woman who ha- um, had a book titled The Accidental uh, Fundraiser. And... Uh, uh, so I went up to her and I sa- was telling her about the Fred Phelps thing we had done um, uh, four years ago um, here in Ann Arbor. And she looked down at my name tag and said, "Keithor, the the Bar, you're in my book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and indeed, there was a little thing about the Fred Phelps-a-thon oh, in her book. Oh, that's so, so she gave me a copy of the book. That was a lot of fun, though.
4: That's really cool. That is really (laughs) cool. That's very, very cool. You know, I'm really quickly, you talked about meeting Urvashi. Um, I had a chance weird meeting with her as well. She spoke at Michigan Pride, I don't know, maybe five years ago. Oh, right, yeah. And for some reason, um, we were at the steps of the Capitol, and there was this arc of open space, like people weren't coming all the way up to the steps. Um, And she actually said it's okay if you come closer. And right, like it being her, I was very excited. (laughs) (laughs) And so I kind of took off at a trot and tripped and fell in front of everyone.
2: Ah, special.
4: And then she said over the microphone, are you okay? (laughs) And (laughs) you're like, like, not anymore. (laughs) Like I would have been had you not seen this and totally ignored it. But now, now that everyone's like, ooh, what happened? Right. And then after she's got done talking, she actually came and, introduced herself to me and said, you know, she's sorry that that happened. Am I okay? Am I sure I'm okay? Oh, nice. Yeah, it was very pleasant. And then a friend of mine afterwards actually said, I think she wanted to hang out with us, um, which, of course, <laughs> I didn't believe, right? But it's entirely possible. Anyway, nothing really That's relevant or story. important. But
2: yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot of other Michigan folks there. Uh, Jeremy made it there mm-hmm. from RAP. Um, there are a couple of folks from Michigan Equality, um, Leslie was there from Affirmations. Uh, she was one of the presenters actually at the, uh, um, community center, uh, workshop. Um, yeah, a lot of folks. It was, it was good to see the, that great. so many people from Michigan were there. I uh, can
4: only imagine how heady of an experience it would be to be in a room of 25 queer activists, 2,500 queer activists. Yeah. And like, yeah, it would be a,
2: a very powerful experience. Well, next year it's a little closer.
4: Yeah. Where's it next year? that Chicago? City. Oh, Kansas City. Okay, yeah. I actually have wanted to go for a long time um but just wasn't able to go this year. I'm very interested in going, and I think perhaps next year it might
2: and and for folks who are interested uh you can check out the n g l t f website which appropriately is n g l t f dot org right and I think they even have a separate one just called uh, uh creating change or I think commit, so. Uh, uh, and it links to it right it, it links the to it right course.
4: there um and you can actually link to the ngltf website from our website which oh, is closets on the air.com we have a, a link there for them um it's been a, a lot of fun tonight thank you to michael and ernie again and thank you keith for pitch hitting um and also for coming and talk about creative change we'll see, actually be talking to you really soon again there's a small short uh, gap this time um and we'll hopefully be able to talk about a lot of i know holiday gift ideas i was gonna say i need some holiday gift ideas yeah i i got some from you last year and so i'm looking for them again this year all right we Um, will bring them in thanks for tuning by it's uh we'll see you again the same time same place next week thanks for hanging out with the cool kids have a good week
1: Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan, 48198.
4: The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace.